You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Hello, honey, and welcome to Honey Do Me Podcast. I'm Cass. And I'm Emma, and we're just two gals looking for a good lay. Aren't we all? (laughs) But when it comes to sex, we're just as lost as you and have no idea what we're doing. Luckily, we will stop at nothing to get the answers we need. Cue our expert guests. We're ready to overshare and ask all the embarrassing questions so you don't have to. By the end of every episode, you will be dripping in actionable steps and ready to take on the damn world. Or at least take it from behind. (laughs) (laughs) So tell us, honey. How How do you you do you? Someone is having a party down the hall from our office. I know, a big belly laugh. A big, a big <laughs> Santa is coming down the hallway. <laughs> Santa's coming. <laughs> Don't do that with your hand when you say that. Santa's coming. You know I do it better than you. I know you do. Nobody asked you. Emma crawls so fast with her fingers. I don't even think you can see it in the camera. Can you? Ah! <laughs> <laughs> that was fun. Um, Okay, tell me, you told me you have a story for me. I do have a story. So my mother and my sister watched my dogs for me this weekend as I was out on the town, Mm -hmm. um, out of town. Got it. And my mother, knowing what I do, is cautious as she goes through my house. Not really. That's an overestimation. Really, her and my sister slept in my bed. My sister reached to the shelf to grab something and was like, Mom, what's this? I I have a teenage sister. And my mom immediately was like, don't touch anything, assuming it was a sex toy or Uh something. It was a goddamn thermometer. (laughs) It was just a thermometer, thermometer. not even like an ass thermometer, (laughs) like an under the tongue thermometer. So like a basic, like your basic, yeah, yeah, run of the mill. I mean, it's pink. (laughs) So there's that. But yeah, just a thermometer. At least she's on the lookout. Yeah, just trying to make sure nothing goes wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing goes wrong or gets touched. Yeah. Nothing gets icky. That's fair. Yeah. You got to appreciate a mom that looks out for you. I know. My mom... What would she do if she found a sex toy? What would what would she do? Even knowing I what you love do? you, mommy. And but I think if you actually found one, you'd be like, oh, ah! if you don't like that's that's the sound my mom like makes when noise. she gets grossed out by something. Oh, and so I think that's what she'd do. I love that. Yeah. What would your dad do? He would pass away. <laughs> <laughs> he would just he would cross over to the other side. Yeah. I think I told he'd come this, back. But... He'd come back, but not quickly. Yeah. <laughs> He'd take a minute. He'd some rest. <laughs> Seven days. Seven days. Like God. Yeah. Um, he, I'm, I'm pretty sure, and mom, do not confirm this if you're listening. I'm pretty sure they found a sex toy of mine in high school. I think oh. I told this story uh, where I was out of town in high school and I knew, like, went in and, like, made my bed for me, like, washed my bedding. And uh, I had hid it in a sock 
in high school and then I'd hide it like under my pillow. Oh. And then, um, what is shame, right? I thought it was a weapon. <laughs> but like it was thrown across the room. It was still in a sock, but I think because they had like made my bed and like moved stuff, it was like across the room, like by my dresser. So I was like, it has been moved and I hope they didn't look in the sock. I really hope. Oh my God. Oh. It probably just flung off the bed. Probably. Let's go with that one. I mean, they'll know now, but yeah, mm. my mom will. <laughs> a lot of mom talk in this episode. A lot of anyway, mom talk. today we're not talking about moms. No, we are talking about having sex as a highly sensitive person, mm. which. Mm. Sorry. We are. I oh, I the, thought we were no. high fiving ourselves. <laughs> I hit fuzz out of the air. Oh, I'm my, like, my yes. arm hit it. Yes, we are. High five. Uh, we're talking with Jesse Fresh. Yes. And just getting into all the bits and pieces that arise as a highly sensitive person sharing their genitals with another. <laughs> genitals or not. or not. Or just experiencing the same room with someone yeah. else. What do you mean? Yeah. It's just so funny. I didn't realize that a lot of my like visceral irritation mm -hmm. with human life comes from being a sensitive person. I didn't realize so many of the issues I run into yeah. are because uh, of sensitivity. Right? But like I have such like this, uh, I don't know what it's called when it's like snap reaction, mm -hmm. whatever, types of sass that come out of my face. And better than out of your butt. Better than out of my butt. I just get mad and fart at people. <laughs> um, and I just didn't realize the way that she described it, that a lot of it could just be from like overload of the environment that I'm in, mm -hmm. which I appreciate. Yeah. Because then it's like not really my fault. <laughs> it's actually not on me. I'm not just me like more mm -hmm. aligned. I'm just more in touch with myself. And yeah. nature. She actually does mention stuff like that. And I yeah. appreciated it thoroughly. I do too. There are benefits to being a sensitive person. You're magical. Extreme benefits. And you're better than everyone else. Benefits. Extreme. Benefits. Extreme. <laughs> we can't talk fuck period period so we should just stop and let yeah. her start talking uh here's jesse fresh bye bye what was that um my name is jesse fresh and i am a sex and intimacy coach and i tend to work with people who are wanting to understand their pleasure more deeply live a life that has um tons of erotic freedom expressed in it and to have just a great awareness of the epic pleasure that can happen in their body. Um, I am licensed as an erotic blueprint coach as well, which those have made an appearance on Netflix recently for um, Gwyneth Paltrow's show, Sex, Love, and Goop. And those are a great way to understand how you're wired for pleasure specifically. They create a great map for what breaks down for like, what could be the things that create turn on for you? Um, the things that maybe are more challenging, which I'll probably talk about this more in our interview too, since it kind of ties into it. Um, but they're a great way to understand like what is possible with pleasure, what the map is, how we can communicate about it, how we can understand each other's needs better and therefore meet each other's needs with partners. Um, so that's, that's what I do. And I see people privately um, and teach online or in-person classes as well. Amazing. We love the, our, I specifically love the blueprint whole thing. Mm -hmm. I love learning about it. I love incorporating it into how I enjoy sex and what I feel in the body, which leads me into my next thing of we feel a lot in our body. <laughs> we are very sensitive individuals. <laughs> that is not a secret to our listeners. We, mm -hmm. <laughs> we are a little overwhelming when it comes to like how sensitive we can be. Mm -hmm. 
So mm. that impacts sex, obviously. So what mm -hmm. are the senses that we are aware of that are getting impacted during sex? Mm -hmm. So the five senses are your sense of taste, touch, sound, smell. I always am like, okay, what's the last one? Taste, Feel? touch, smell, sight, sound. Oh, wait, that's touch. Yeah, so okay. there's, there's five. Mm -hmm. um, and then for highly sensitive people, it's almost like they have a sixth sense where they can feel um, really, really subtle body cues. They can sense other people's emotions. Sometimes they have like a psychic ability to predict what someone is thinking. Um, there's just an expanded version of their senses picking up on really subtle cues like from afar. So that's one difference that I think happens between like a highly sensitive person and not a highly sensitive person is that a highly sensitive person has just higher awareness of all of their senses. And then they have that sixth sense coming in of like being able to predict and feel other people's feelings. I yes. love that explanation. I feel so seen. Mm -hmm. um, and <laughs> I would love for you to explain that within the context of sex. So whether you want to do like a walkthrough example or whatever works for you, how does, you know, that sixth sense or being a highly sensitive person fall into sex? Yeah, I tend to think of it in kind of a primal way that we have this sixth sense to be very aware and and very attuned to our surroundings and to the subtleties of our surroundings. And actually this is how I discovered that I was highly sensitive. Um, what was showing up for me in my sex life was that my partner would want to be affectionate with me. Maybe I'd be doing something out uh, outside of a sexy context, like cooking or making dinner. And my partner would come up from behind and approach me and want to like snuggle and kiss and embrace. And what would happen is that when he got about one foot um, in range of my body, I would start to freeze. And then he would kiss and hug and I would still kind of have this frozen feeling. And that frozen feeling, um, what I know now is that my nervous system was not feeling safe, even though this person is someone that I adore and feel completely safe with, my nervous system was being triggered to feel like it wasn't safe. And therefore I would go into that free state. So um, being highly sensitive sometimes creates the that can happen of feeling like, whoa, too soon, too fast, too close. Mm -hmm. um, and that's when I started to realize like, okay, within the context of the erotic blueprints, how can I communicate this? How can I understand this more? Because it was very confusing in the beginning to just feel like shut down from loving, a loving approach mm -hmm. from my person um, and to feel overwhelmed and overstimulated and not have words to talk about it. Mm -hmm. Does that ever happen for you? That like kind of deer in the headlights frozen bit of like, why am I not turned on? And why mm -hmm. do I feel stuck? That exact example that you gave happened to me two days ago and my whole body oh, shut down. Oh. I was working at my computer, just like editing a video and my partner came up behind me to like grab my butt or something. And it like, mm. I love my partner and that's something that we do as like a joke or whatever. But in that moment, because I was so focused on what I was doing and like not really thinking about anything else, it really like mm. overstimulated me and I just shut down and I had to like walk into another room. I couldn't even tell him what was wrong. I just needed mm. to go. 
And I was, it was mm-hmm. like, I was like, oh my God, I'm so sensitive. <laughs> but it was really intense. And I, yeah. So mm-hmm. I'm really glad that you just explained that because I did not know what was happening or even how to like put words to it. Mm-hmm. Well, when you're frozen, your nervous system is like, going into lizard brain and you have no ability to actually speak or to be logical about things. So it totally makes sense that that frozen response just kind of creates like a nonverbal, what the hell just happened kind of feeling. For me, I feel like the ways in which I have been or felt very like hypersensitive when we're Mm -hmm. talking about like posture or body language has come in the middle of Mm -hmm. sex when, Mm. and this might be more of like my own mental and like emotional insecurities, but I feel like maybe they're pulling away or maybe they do something that I can tell, like I can tell by that body movement or the way that your eyes just darted that you're not enjoying specifically what is happening. And then that throws Mm. me off. Like, I feel like I'm hypersensitive Mm. to like thoughts that they're not ever mm-hmm. going to tell me because it would ruin a moment, but that I can like see <laughs> around yeah. their whole or at like least entire think that you see. Yeah, at least for me, but I know I'm right. <laughs> like I swear to God, I'm right. Even if they won't admit it to me, like I know that I'm right. <laughs> Is that an issue? Maybe that's a different podcast. <laughs> um, but I feel like that's how it presents in the middle of sex for me. Mm -hmm. yeah what I was talking about is like the getting stuck around foreplay and then the type of interaction that a highly sensitive person needs for sex is like complete presence which Mm -hmm. complete presence is not something that we're really good at practicing Um, even if you're practicing meditation daily it's still like our our minds are monkey chatter boxes that dart and as a highly sensitive person, you can feel when the other person's mind is not in the room, or you can feel that subtle cue of like, Ooh, they're not into this or they're in their head. Mm -hmm. And that can kind of spiral this feeling of connection because that connection is coming from like, I see you, I feel you, you're right here with me completely present. Exactly. That's like when I can feel like the mind take like one step out of the room and I'm like, great. They hate <laughs> it's it over. Exactly. And I really wish yeah. that like part of me could shut that off because then it takes, yeah. it just kind of downward spirals. Exactly what you're saying. It takes you both out of the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's why. So the blueprint that really enjoy or the blueprint that I find is the most highly sensitive is an energetic blueprint or a sensual blueprint. And energetics are turned on by tease. Um, And when I say tease, I mean like really slow paced kind of touch that's intentional, that is like alluring that you're going to touch primary erogenous zones like breasts, nipples, genitals, butt or mouth. Um, And then what happens is like in that teasing, your nervous system gets to be like, oh my God, I just want more, which being highly sensitive, we often are taking on so much information at once throughout the whole day that when we're bombarded by sensation, it's just too much. So having really slow teasing kind of touch allows us to be like, Ooh, what else is there? Like I want more, like I'm very interested because it's exciting. Mm -hmm. Um, So they need anticipation tease and slowness so that they can crave more and that all allows their body to feel really safe in that primal way and then a sensual blueprint is turned on by 
the beauty of the environment, the beauty of their senses being um, pleasured, like the smells being great, the sounds being lovely, the smell, you know, all of it just being like chef's kiss, wonderful. Um, and they're more attuned to like sensation play, like what kind of sensation brings them into their body. Mm-hmm. So in exploring those, that's who I see is usually highly sensitive. So it sounds like regardless of which your like which blueprint you fit into, you need a ch- like as a highly sensitive person, you need a chance to drop in fully yeah. before yeah. you can move further and engage in any sexual act. <laughs> For sure, there's like lots of cueing to subtlety and finding safety in the nervous system first before things can get ripping and roaring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Usually like you just need that little box or in my experiences, you need that little box of safety checked. And then from then on other possibilities can shift and change. It's just, that's the first need that comes through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not saying this in response to you. I'm saying it in response to me, but when you are, you know, you think you're seeing these little cues in the person that you're with that like they're not as engaged or they're wanting something else. How do you know that that's actually what they're doing and not something that you're projecting because I know for a fact that at least some of the time it's something I am projecting. Totally. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, it absolutely is. No, like, you're always right. I'm always I'm, I'm, I'm right. I'm just talking about me. No, but it's so true where it'll be like, I was thinking about dinner, bitch. Like, yeah. calm down. It's like, no, you were thinking about how you hated me. You were thinking about how much you hate me right now. Mm-hmm. And I know it. I saw it on your face and I can read your mind. So I don't even lie. Um, you, so one of my favorite ways is checking in of, especially if you're having those thoughts repeat, like if, if you're like, oh, they're totally not in, in the right headspace here, like they're not enjoying this. And then it just sort of starts to spiral that I try to catch myself at three thoughts. So Mm -hmm. if I've had three thoughts that are like downward, 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 (laughs) then I have to kind of, I make, I made a pact with myself to like out myself because I used to just spiral into getting into my head until it just ruined everything. Um, so I have a three, three thought marker where I have to out myself. And sometimes I use the Brene Brown technique where I say the story I'm telling myself is that you're not into this. Is that true? Or the story I'm t- telling myself is you're distracted. Um, what can I do to help you feel more in the moment? Um, or like just to check in, how are you doing? how's this feeling to you? Do you Mm -hmm. want to do something different? Do you need more or less of something? And then that usually just kind of clears the air. Right. Some way. Yeah. I like to check in on that projection part, like a lot of, in a lot of different settings of relationship, because you can storytell all day long, whether you're, (laughs) what do you mean? Yeah. (laughs) I have no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) I really like the three thought rule. And I feel like having more words to check in is helpful as well because I'm my go-to is, are you okay? Mm-hmm. And a lot of the time their go-to is, are you okay? And I don't know why, but that feels so sensitive already. That just feels mm-hmm. like a very like, are you okay? Right. Instead of a like, hey, we're good, right? Like, do you need mm-hmm. anything else? It feels more like there's concern on your face and now mm-hmm. we're all concerned. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, having more ways to check in is helpful as well. It's also a leading question. It's like when you ask someone, like, say you touch someone and you say, like, does that feel good? It's it's pointing them in the direction mm. to have to respond that it feels good 
because if it doesn't, then it's like the opposite. So rather than it being open-ended, it's more like directional. Mm -hmm. So giving people, um, or checking in in a way that's like less directional is helpful. Mm -hmm. Um, because then it gives plenty of space for the not so good answers or not so uh, not good. No, good's not the word, but like, you know, the reality of what's going on. Right. What are some other ways to say, are you okay? Or does this feel good that aren't like Mm. leading? Leading? Yeah. How are you feeling right now? Okay. They could be like, oh God, I just so constipated right now. (laughs) 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 Or like, I'm doing great. I feel totally fine. I'm Mm -hmm. good. Loving this. I was picking up that maybe you were having a hard time. You know, it just Mm -hmm. opens it up a little bit. How are you feeling right now? Or, um, I, I, I like to ask sometimes, like, is there anything else that you would like right now? Mm-hmm. Because then it just is open-ended of like, maybe I just need to check in with you. Maybe I need more pressure, less pressure, more touch, less, more or less everything. More or less everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Open-ended. Mm-hmm. I'm not good at those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like those. <laughs> I'll try. I've definitely struggled at times like, where I've just decided to let myself spiral because I tell myself, well, if I speak up, it's going to ruin the moment. But here's the thing. I ruin it regardless. Mm -hmm. And it's been (laughs) ruined for me the whole time because I haven't been having a good time as soon as I started spiraling. So it's like, I'd rather give myself a good time. And if it like ends it, whatever, then it ends it. But I was going to have a terrible time if I didn't end it. But one thing I was hoping for a sidebar on was the importance of tone when you're asking any of those things. Emma and I just had a very heated discussion, not towards each other, but about things we're experiencing in terms of tone and people not necessarily recognizing the importance of it. Oh, tone is an amazing way to work that question in. It is huge. huge. It is huge, Jesse. And I cannot agree with you more. (laughs) So the reason why I have that three, three thought kind of like outing myself at three thoughts is because past three and I start getting to sound like a bitch. Like I have a tone that's like, don't touch me like that. It gets very sharp. (laughs) It gets very like direct. And it is what I used to refer to as like a boner killer because anytime that I would get that's when I talk in that tone, it is meaning that I have pushed myself past my own boundaries um, in my thoughts, in what I'm receiving. And therefore I'm very uncomfortable or frustrated. And what comes through when I finally speak is this like explosion of like word vomit. Um, And that's when I know it's, I've let myself go too far Mm -hmm. um, because the anger is already like skyrocketing. Uh, And that's when, that's when I've had to shift that because sex ends at that point for me (laughs) in Mm -hmm. all of my past partnerships. If I approach it with that tone. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that is, it, it ruins the moment. It ends it immediately and it's hard to get out of that. And it just spirals from there. So yeah, tone in my experience is catching yourself before you get into heavy emotions or sacrifice or deep into your thoughts so that you can just be like, um, okay. (laughs) Okay. I'm having these feelings. And before my feelings like take over, (laughs) it's it's the same thing when I think of being hangry, like, yes, 
when we're hangry, the need, when we're hangry, we have an unmet need because we're hungry. And what comes out is anger. Mm -hmm. When we have a tone, there's an unmet need happening that we're not meeting. So therefore there's like rage and anger or disgust or discomfort or whatever it is that's behind there. And yeah, that's the emotional emphasis behind the tone. So true. In the same vein, (laughs) and I'm going to just go ahead and say, well, what about when their tone is wrong? But I'm going to give a specific example because I know that there have been Uh times when my partner and I are in foreplay or like trying to change a position or something like that. And he'll be like, no, just do this. And like, he's not trying to be a dick. But in my head, I'm like crushed Excuse you know me. what I mean yeah. like, about that. Yeah. like I'm like that hurt my feelings but it's like I don't know how to explain tone well to somebody else as mm-hmm. a highly sensitive person like you know what I mean I've definitely like yeah try I'm getting super personal now but it's like I've tried and it's like it seems like other people who aren't highly sensitive don't necessarily like see or hear the differences in tone or feel them I feel like is more feel yeah. them yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah so one thing is that like you can ask your partner to try to use different tones or to catch themselves. But the only thing that you really have control over is your own experience and your own perception. So my thoughts on that are in that moment, like if you're hearing them say something with a tone, that's then communicating like the underlying emotion that you ask them about that. Um, And I say this with my partner too, because I tend to get hangry. And when uh, and I don't hear myself catching a tone necessarily. So I, I asked my partner to to check in with me and to be like, you just said that in a way that sounded like you were frustrated. Are you frustrated? Um, help or helping me understand that I have a tone is really helpful. And helping me understand that I have emotions underneath that tone is helpful. And you could be totally having your own story about it. So if you were to say like, hey, I'm just checking in like, are you feeling frustrated or impatient or anything? Cause it sounded like that when you said it. Mm-hmm. And I think that also helps people kind of check themselves to be like, wait, I'm not, I'm not feeling impatient or frustrated. I just, it just came out that way. And it mm-hmm. just kind of like smashes it from there. Right. Cause that's more of a way of saying like, no, what you just said landed this way rather than mm-hmm. like being don't. And they're like, what, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but it's like, cause that's just another cycle. But what you are saying about like, when you start to get frustrated in your tone and hangry, mm-hmm. that is so me to a fucking <laughs> T. But that's also tone comes out when I've like what you're saying, you've pushed yourself too far. So what mm-hmm. are these cues that we should be looking for within our body that we are getting like either overstimulated or pushing ourselves too far before we're like given a fucking tood when they yeah. like pull my hair a little too hard and I'm like mm-hmm. my fucking god I will back slap you <laughs> if you touch me one more time you know I don't want to do that I don't want to be that You're person on the line. yeah yeah <laughs> um so different cues and maybe as I'm saying this for listeners or for you too like maybe try to feel these and just notice what sh- what feels familiar and what doesn't um so the first usually is the jaw starts to get a little tight Um, and the jaw, interestingly enough, is connected to the pelvic floor. That's why with, um, birthing, we're encouraged to create lots of sound because the sound opens up the jaw and therefore opens up the pelvic floor. 
So usually the first thing is like, don't fucking touch me like that. You know, like <laughs> we start to just lock jaw. Uh-huh. Um, other things is like, there's no coincidence that when we get angry, we want to fight and we close our fists. <laughs> so uh-huh. <laughs> if you find yourself like, you know, just fist closed, just know that like that is a response of your dukes are up. Um, and, <laughs> and he just opens his be. eyes and I have a fist right by his head. Yeah. <laughs> Don't um, go that hard, yeah. fucker. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Slower. Slower. <laughs> All right, fists. I'll look yeah. for that. That's also sometimes people's natural response to being aroused is that like sometimes arousal creates tension in your body and not relaxation, especially for highly sensitive people. Um, The way I tend to look at arousal and pleasure is that we have electricity going on in our bodies. And even when I just said that my whole body got little chills and playing with pleasure and arousal heightens the voltage. It makes like, the electricity start to come alive. And sometimes when pleasure is really high for someone that's highly sensitive, they start to experience tetany, which tetany is like when your hands start to curl in on themselves because the, uh, the nervous system is feeling very electrified. So mm-hmm. when I was more expanded in my um, high, highly sensitiveness, I was having like really great sex, but I also felt like I was losing control of my body because the pleasure was so high that my body was clamping down and like kind of when tet- when tetany happens, you, you're like, what the fuck is going on? Because I have no control over my limbs right now. And they're kind of like curl. They're like, it looks like a siege. Like it looks like the response of a seizure, Um, and it can feel scary because that high voltage of electricity feels like I got popped in the microwave for a little bit too long. Mm -hmm. So, um, we can talk about the different types of stimulation, I guess, too, that happens in sex that either totally is too much for a highly sensitive person and also what, what is better for them than that typical recipe. Yeah, I would love to get into that because the next question I was wanting to ask was like, are there things that, you know, are really great for highly sensitive people like when it comes to sex? And are there things that we should probably stay away from? And obviously everybody's different, but like in general, I would love like a, yeah, probably going to work for you. No, probably not going to work for you type of deal. (laughs) So the type of sex that's probably not going to work for a highly sensitive person is movie type sex, like passionate, ripping clothes off, like bend over immediate penetration um like genital play being the first point of foreplay is not usually great for them it's usually too fast too quick and too accelerated and that same type of movie sex is what we mainly see as our like recipe for good sex in, in America, at least Um, there's rarely any emphasis on foreplay or subtlety or softness. Um, It's just like zero to 69 immediately. (laughs) Um, So what, what uh, that type of sex too, when you think about it, 
in terms of stimulation is like foot on the gas until an orgasm happens. So that means passionate kissing, passionate touching, quicker movements, different positions, and lots of stimulation that just go up like like you're climbing a mountain and you're just going straight to the peak. And then the peak is um, an orgasm. What happens for highly sensitive people when they experience that kind of sex, that like just foot on the gas is that um, they might be stuck in their heads because it's too much, too soon, too quick for them. So their brain is um, in a fight or flight uh, kind of activation of like, get the fuck out of here. I don't like this. How do I change this? But this is what sex is supposed to be. Ah! Mm-hmm. Um it can also keep them from actually having an orgasm because just like, you know, genital stimulation constantly can feel uh, unpleasurable mm-hmm. at some point because we actually, we need to like take the foot off the gas and to have an ebb and flow in stimulation. Mm-hmm. So sometimes a lot of my clients don't, that are highly sensitive people don't enjoy vibrators because vibrators are a little bit too like foreign to uh, direct. And sometimes they find that like using a vibrator on the clitoral or on, on the pubic mound instead of the clitoris is more helpful or like moving the vibrator around the um, I love this word, the inguinal line, which is like the, the V's Mm -hmm. of your hips, because those V's have the nerves that are connected to the clitoris or to the higher sensitive areas, but it's more indirect. So it like stimulates it indirectly rather than just like right on the 8,000 nerves on the clitoris. Mm -hmm. Um, They also sometimes prefer like more natural sex toys, like sex toy wands that are made from like rose quartz or metal or even using um like nature as a sex toy meaning using like lavender from your garden or a scratchy kind of stick to do sensation play like nature is really grounding for them so using different bouquets of flowers can be really such a wonderful experience for them that's the most typical that I see. I think like playing with kink might be something that they, unless it's previous, previously negotiated and consented to that. If you just pull out like a, like, Ooh, let me just try to see if they like a choke. Um, I don't recommend ever trying choking on someone without previously talking to them about it, but especially for highly sensitive people, it might be the one thing that they never end up speaking to you again, because it can be so triggering. Um, things like that, or like a random spanking. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. some people, you know, think that it's a great idea to choke them and give them a good spanking, but really people only like that. If that's a part of their blueprint, if they're, if they're feeling kinky and highly sensitive people can be kinky, but it definitely has to have that sense of safety, which safety comes from pre-negotiation and consent Mm -hmm. and talking about like how much impact is good for me and what's my sweet spot versus like, what you think you need to give to me, which can be just random. Yeah. 
it, it yeah. is like affected me like an ick when that has happened in the middle of sex where it's like, yeah. how did you how did you read that this very romantic moment you needed to slap me across my ass cheeks, ass cheeks. <laughs> yeah. And like, how did you read that, Q? I yeah. didn't give you that. I feel they like an ick is the perfect descriptor too. And mm-hmm. I think that people who aren't necessarily highly sensitive can connect with it in that yeah. way of like it feels like an ick. Yeah. Like all of these like, things that are normally mm. maybe not an ick for somebody else, like they feel like an ick. Right. It can be really triggering. Mm-hmm. Like I have had those feelings of like like the wrath comes out and I'm like, <laughs> how dare you? Yeah. You know, it just feels highly triggering when mm-hmm something too intense gets delivered to your body when it's not something you asked for. It's not something you wanted. Um, it's something that someone else decided to give you. Right. Yeah. And that, that, so, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just to say that acceleration as well is like, would make me so frustrated in sex. And I'm like, this is not fun. Why are we going so fast? Mm-hmm. I'm not happy to roller be coaster. Here. Yeah. It's yeah. like, I don't want to be here. This was, mm-hmm. it's just only <laughs> yeah. been like a couple minutes and you're inside me <laughs> and I'm not having fun. Go home. Go home. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I, I do enjoy like very passionate. Like if we start, we can keep going and like get more and more mm-hmm. intense sex or makeouts but it's like it's specific times and you'll know when that's what i want if you're I'll, paying attention if you're paying attention because mm-hmm. i'll be moving faster i'll be like breathing mm-hmm. faster i'll be like ripping at your clothes too but usually please gentle slow sensual <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's what i so need. let's let's talk about now the flip side of like what mm-hmm. does work for them right um Foreplay, foreplay, even pre-foreplay is really wonderful. And when I say pre-foreplay, I mean like the self-care that helps you even feel like you can get in the mood. For a highly sensitive person, that means like, for me, it means taking a walk around my neighborhood unplugged and just like taking slow steps and feeling the breeze between my ears of just releasing my thoughts from the day, unwinding, maybe like observing someone's beautiful garden. Um and just letting all of my thoughts fall for others. It might mean like taking a shower or being in a bath and just, you know, we have those shower, those brilliant shower moments because we're alone most of the time in a closed space, not distracted. And we're like bathing in um, negative ions, which are something that make us feel joy. Uh, So anytime soaking in, water can be really helpful to just feel like oh where's my libido like here it is after doing these things because I actually have space to feel into my experience um the foreplay that they might enjoy is things that incorporate build like building the sensation and building that yearning and maybe having the tease and anticipation or the sensation play that makes them feel like one, they either feel like they've fully relaxed now and they can enjoy more or the sensation is drawing them and engaging them so much that it feels captivating. Mm-hmm. For some people, that means like using a ostrich feather on their skin. For others, it's like playing with warm massage oil. Um, sometimes it just is different types of touch of like, like light scratches or peach fuzz kind of tingly touch head massages, things like that. Um, And the type of sex that's 
great for everyone, but especially a highly sensitive person is where you are bringing up the stimulation to a peak and then checking out the view from there. It's commonly referred to as edging, but you can use this in stimulation as well. Um, that you are, say you're doing like some sensation play and your, your breath is changing and you're starting to feel the arousal build and you feel like maybe your toes are starting to curl now and um, maybe to shift before you keep adding more, you do some grounding touch where you like hold down on your body and and the stimulation stops. So that's you or your partner like slowing down the stimulation. So you just get like one to three breaths of like, ah. I'm relaxed. And then it can start again. And you do that of like putting the foot on the gas and then cruise control, putting the foot on the gas, cruise control. I recommend doing that at least three times. More than three times becomes very challenging Mm -hmm. (laughs) if it's being done well um, because the peaks are going to just continually build to build on each other. And because you're incorporating both, uh, you're, this is going to get nerdy, but you're incorporating both parts of the nervous system, the part that needs to feel rest and relaxation and the part that needs to feel um, the like more excited feelings blend. And that's what creates really delicious orgasms because you're getting the adrenaline and dopamine from the exciting stuff. And then you're getting the serotonin and the oxytocin from the like relaxing stuff. And you want all of those chemicals to be released because they just make you feel high. Mm -hmm. And that's what people like from orgasms is that natural high. And practicing edging is where people most feel or experience simultaneous orgasms or orgasms where they're like, what the fuck just happened? Like I just saw colors (laughs) and it just like, I just ascended to the, like the planets and then came back, you know, these, kind of spiritual experiences that can happen in sex, I would say are mostly built from edging, Mm -hmm. not from the climbing a mountain, peaking once kind of experience. Right. And I also encourage this for self-pleasure too. So if you're like, damn it, I don't have a partner or like, dang it, my partner doesn't want to do that. Self-pleasuring is going to become way more enjoyable when you are edging at least three times. That's going to be my homework tonight. Yeah. I love that. I had one of those like trans transcendental transcendent. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, orgasms recently. And that was one of the first times that we included that I've ever had edging included into sex. And it was only like one looking at you, like you would know, like you were there. I told you in graphic detail, but, um, it was, I think it was just once, but also before that I had had a relaxing evening and I had one of our like little gummies that, uh, micro dose gummies that we have. And I did feel like I took care of my pre foreplay yeah. and then there was really good other stuff. <laughs> and, yeah. edging. and I had one of those where it was finally like everything was in alignment to have like the most incredible orgasm that I've ever had in my entire life. But that was the only first, that's the only time I've ever had. Yay. <laughs> that's like, that's totally worth celebrating because you. you got there mm-hmm. and now you kind of know the recipe breakdown, which mm-hmm. means that you can have similar experiences when you know the ingredients. Mm-hmm. It's very true. Gummy check, pre foreplay <laughs> check, 
other play. Other play. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think a story that I tell myself is, you yeah. know, I am <laughs> aware that all of these ingredients together could create this really amazing orgasm. Mm-hmm. And the story I tell myself is that's complicated. That takes mm-hmm. a lot of time. I'm really complicated. Like, mm-hmm. is there like benefits to being a highly sensitive person or is it just this like complication of like I have to go through all of these different steps in order to get this really good orgasm such a good point I hated the idea of being highly sensitive and I hated the idea of being an energetic blueprint because my main interpretation of that was like it's high maintenance it's um woo woo and it uh, is just too much. And there, therefore, I rejected it. And by rejecting it, I was not getting my needs met because I wasn't acknowledging that I even had those needs to go slow or to ebb and flow between excitement and enjoyment. Um, so one of the biggest turning points in my life has been accepting that I'm highly sensitive and finding a way to connect with it that feels authentic to me. For instance, I could embrace being highly sensitive when I stopped looking at it from a certain lens of being high maintenance and being um, too much. And I saw it in a lens of like, okay, if I am highly sensitive because my electricity in my body is just higher than everyone else or not than most people, Um, and my awareness is higher, how can I, like, embrace that? So I came up with this little character that, like, okay, the part of me that can be accepted and embraced in this way is, like, the part of me that feels that I'm connected to, like, the forest, that I am connected to the trees, to the moon, to um, the lightning in the sky, um, that, like, if I were to have an orgasm, I'm that electricity is connecting to like the forest floor and to the sky above, which for me felt like I can deal with that. Like I can hang with that. That feels (laughs) natural. It feels like, you know, we forget that we're humans living in these boxes, but that we came from the forest um, and from the ground and the earth. And so that was something that I was like, I can get down with that. I can accept that I'm just more sensitive And with that brings gifts. Like I'm able to read the room really quickly. I'm able to see when someone's really uncomfortable and able to connect with them. I'm able to connect with animals better um, because I can just kind of sense what it is that they need or what they feel. Uh, And because of that, you kind of have an advantage. And embracing the advantages and the superpowers is really helpful in being like, I started calling myself a highly sensitive, um, badass, which helped (laughs) (laughs) because it took this, like, you know, this other feeling that I had from like highly sensitive person to like, no, I'm a fucking hero. Um, and the highly sensitive superpowers for someone in their sexuality means that they are more aware of subtlety and therefore can like clue into their person's emotions. Um, They can have orgasms that are transcendent. They can have orgasms from not having their genitals touched at all. Um, So being able to 
embrace that like these are my needs and they're not too much and they're exactly what is perfect for me to be like a badass is really helpful I yes, love it that. is I Kylie may cry when you badass. use the wrong tone, but yeah. I can have bigger orgasms. Yeah. <laughs> and my <laughs> orgasms make fucking lightning, and you can't take that away from me. <laughs> I love that, and that is a superpower, because I feel like in a lot of ways, I do love what I can interpret because of the fact that I'm more sensitive to people and mm-hmm. whatever. But in, in other ways, I'm like, God, I wish I could turn it off, but you know, I think it's just accepting and like learning how to really give to those parts of yourself instead of like viewing them as hindering. Mm -hmm. I don't know. When you neglect them and don't take care of them, your sensitivity gets higher usually because then you are just overwhelmed, overstimulated and zapped out. So, um, you can play with that sensitivity by taking care of your needs and therefore being less sensitive because, you're more grounded, more neutral. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm more raw <laughs> when yeah. I don't tend yeah. to my needs. Oh, for sure. I just get like this old raw nerve. <laughs> little raw nerve and that bitchy tone, man. It is it not yours, mine. <laughs> mine too. <laughs> <laughs> it comes out. I think we have it in our faces too quickly when we oh, like sure. do not adhere to what we need as a mm-hmm. highly sensitive people <laughs> because like it is all over my face, it is all over my tone. It is how I carry myself. Like there is no hiding it anymore. At this so point. I imagine it would also be in my vagina. It's gonna come out <laughs> in my vagina. Absolutely. So it's all connected, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. It also just for me brings up this self awareness of like I'm not resourced, and when I'm not resourced, it means that I haven't been taking care of myself, or I'm not getting the support that I need, and therefore me having more tone is like a signal of like, Ooh, like check yourself before you wreck yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, like, do I need more time in nature? Do I need more time alone? Do I need less like scheduling on my calendar? Do I need, you know, more rest? Um, because we're not really encouraged to do any of that. And for highly sensitive people, it's crucial to have that in your schedule so that you feel more resilient. Mm-hmm. So that's bitchy tone for me is my signal of like check in with like check in with yourself mm-hmm. so that you can know like are you hungry? Like yeah. <laughs> do you need a date with yourself? Do you need like some headphones in and a walk around the block with your favorite album? Do you need singing yeah. in the shower? <laughs> Something that just kind of makes you like come back to yourself um so that you don't that um, tone in my mind brings out this feeling of like needing to be protected and that our protection, like our sensitivity is somewhat of our protection bubble of like, don't cross my bubble or I'll cut you. (laughs) That's how I felt sometimes is like when I'm really sensitive, I'm like, don't, don't enter my personal space because I feel fierce right now Mm -hmm. because it's mine. Mm -hmm. Um, Usually when that's happening, it's because I'm not taking care of myself. So something has to change and shift in that for me. Mm -hmm. Like a self-care bat signal. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Bitchy bat signal. Yeah. It's my bitch signal. My bitch signal. (laughs) My self-care bitch signal. (laughs) I say that with love. (laughs) 
if you have a partner, it's good to like share that with them of like, if you notice that I'm getting a tone more often, like maybe like I don't have that great of an awareness when I'm in it because I'm just in that tunnel sort of that tunnel vision. So could you help support me by like sending me snacks or like asking me if I need some time alone or, you know, supporting me in some way that allows for me to recharge my battery. I really like those options that you just gave because when you said telling my partner about this, I was like, that's going to piss me off more if he says you have a tone right now, like you have your bitch tone right now. I'm like, that's going to make me cut you, even if you're not in my space. But I like the snacks. Like the snacks. That felt good. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. In my bubble, you can throw them from where you are. (laughs) But they have to be the right ones. Totally come into my bubble. (laughs) You cannot. Do not touch it. Exactly. (laughs) I'm just going to give you a personal timeout, throw some snacks your way, and I'm going to go do something fun. Yeah. Yeah. Like that would be so nice. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I would love that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's hard being an adult. You it, know? Is. it is. It is. Yeah. So give me snacks. So awesome. give me snacks and sensitive sex. <laughs> sensitive sex. Yeah. Damn it. I also want to reiterate that like the type of sex you have with yourself solo needs to reflect your sensitive needs too. Because we often masturbate in the ways that we see duplicated or like represented, which is like, oh, I'm feeling like I need some alone time. Therefore, I'm going to put a toy right between my legs. That only works if you're a sexual blueprint and you could be missing out on a lot of fun and a lot of pleasure if you're not playing with feathers and playing with flowers and using your whole body and teasing yourself, which also feels more vulnerable because it's like more intimate with yourself. But it's going to make you have the type of experiences where you walk away being like, yeah I just rocked my world like that like yes and it helps recharge your battery um rather than depleting you Mm -hmm. absolutely I love that Mm -hmm. uh this was amazing where can our listeners continue connecting with you after this episode yes my website is jessiefresh.com so it's j-e-s-s-i-e fresh like I don't know choice fresh fruits and vegetables Um, uh, I do have a class on my website that is pre-recorded that's all about becoming a um highly it's for sex and sensuality for this super sensitive badass um so if you want more information on how to be guided and how to communicate and how to utilize these sensitive gifts that's on there along with many other classes um but i teach those live classes as well and so you can catch that on my website or if you're like dang i need to change my sex life and my intimacy and my ability to receive pleasure now then on my website you can contact me and we can have a private call where we're going to talk about what's getting in the way what it is that you want for your sex life and we'll look at if coaching is the right fit for us Um, and that call is totally complimentary wow i was making very uncomfortable eye contact with myself in that camera you've done that once or twice before it felt primal is that how it felt when you masturbated in the mirror? <laughs> no. Ugh. This is not how Primal it felt. Primal girl summer. Primal girl summer. <laughs> I don't like that. You have to say it like Lola. 
<laughs> that's <laughs> Gru. <laughs> Actually, that's more like Gru. Yeah. Less like Lola. Yeah. Um, thank you, Jesse, for being on the podcast today. I love talking about how sensitive we are and how it's I our superpower. Too. And thank you to our listeners for hanging out and listening to us talk. Yes. And if you want to listen to us talk more, you got to give us something else. You're going to have to go to Apple Podcasts yep. to rate, review, and subscribe. relationship. Yeah. Happens in nature. It happens here. Also, make sure you subscribe on our YouTube, which mm-hmm. is another place that you can stay in touch. Yep. Um, and that's a good place to interact with us. Comment. Tell us no. Mm-hmm. Tell us no. Let us know what you think, what you're wanting, questions, like we want to talk to you. We want to build a community. Community. <laughs> we really do. So uh, see us there. We have a really good camera set up now. Yeah. So if you want to see us in high def. High def. Um, <laughs> enjoy. Yeah. We'll All see right. you next week. Bye. Bye.